Welcome to Never Works. Uh, this is me talking with uh, Matthew Bergman about roll call. Um, we get really, really deep into the code of roll call. Um, we actually walk through a lot of it. Um, a little bit of it's outdated just because in the last few days from recording and editing, uh, some of the code has changed. But if you're interested in getting involved in roll call, I'd say check this out. If you're not uh, interested in getting involved, you should probably just skip listening to this at all. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Um, yeah. So we're we're talking about roll call um, and about some of the innards. So you're you're asking how I do the UX? Yeah. So um, if you have any procedures yet? No. No. So I mean, so far, like I've literally, I'll have an idea for a feature or something that I want to get in, um, and then I'll think about what that might look like, like in my head, and then I will look through the kitchen sink UI components and semantic UI, and when one looks like it's okay, I will then plug that in somewhere. Um, okay. That's a, that's how I've been doing it. We're going to need to. I think we should open up an issue on GitHub and ask people how they find it the best way, because for non UX uh, focused people to talk about stuff because you need to see mm. it to be able to mm. do a good job asking like, do you agree or disagree with this? Mm -hmm. yeah, because totally. it's really hard in words to say like, let's take the mute button for a second. I think that should be a microphone that goes on or like it's a cross through or something because uh, a lot of people would not understand that clicking this button means mute because the mute. Yeah, no, they don't like Like from, from experience, they don't. <laughs> Nor do they really understand that this is your value. Right, right, right. Yeah, is this, totally. it, actually, I don't even know. Is this my value making it louder for you? My value making it louder? What is this? Like the, yeah, the yeah, scroll yeah. bar. So, so th this is one of the more difficult, actually, pieces of UI because um, when you adjust yours, you adjust it for um, everybody listening to you. Um, but when you adjust somebody else's, you only adjust it for yourself. So if you're picking up people too hot, you can bring that up and down. Um, and you have kind of per user stuff, but like nobody else will, you know, hear that person differently other than you. But when you adjust yours, it actually does reduce it for everybody else. Same with mute, right? Mute works. It doesn't really seem to be doing very much though. So th this is one of the weird things with gain. It, it, it actually, so for one thing, like, I mean, probably today I should get a, a fix in to bring down the default gain. Um, because most of the time I will pick up echo from other people because, uh, the, the default gain is too high on all the inputs and everything. So, um, yeah, I may, I may bring that down and then leave the, the recording part of it alone. I think one, one thing that I should probably do is remove the gain control, um, from affecting the recording at all and only have the mute affect the recording. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How are we going to work in push to talk or speak to talk eventually? That I know it's something like a month or two later down the road, but it's kind of important. Yeah, I mean, so do you want it to be um, like, I, I just, I wonder how that feature really works. Like, do you have to have consensus so nobody, no two people are ever talking at the same time? No, you can't do, do you, people. Uh, okay, okay. So you just want just, it to default to, to muted essentially. Yeah, it mutes off until you talk and then it turns and starts talking up. Uh, so that if people aren't speaking, they're just not having background noises. Right, right. So, um, yeah, that that's definitely a great feature that, that we should get in. It usually, um, uh, from my understanding of it, it usually just works by having a cutoff on the loudness. If it's below a certain decibel or whatever, it just does it. The mic is off, and it, it's listening, but it's not sending. 
And once it reaches a certain volume, it starts sending and, you know, has like a second or two between it before it turns back off again to deal with and speech and other things. Mm -hmm. So the, the code to pick up if you're up that high is already there. So uh, you'll notice if you look at my box right now, um, mm. while I'm talking, there's a blue highlight around it and it mo and it vibrates a little bit. By the way, um, that, it, 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 that's terrible. It needs to go away eventually because yeah. it makes the text blurry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I'm not saying that it's a, it's a good, <laughs> it's a okay. good UI, um, but the, the code to turn it on and off uh, is yeah. the same code that you would want to use for something like push to talk, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, that should also just be another feature and uh, probably an icon that we could get one of the many, many, many talented people to figure out the best way to designate it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I do wonder how, like some of that stuff is just a little aggressive and I wonder, I, I worry about, um, like I, I just had a call with Gregor and, and pretty much the entire time his background nose was like high enough to be over that decibel. So it, it didn't necessarily work. Like I, I think that there may need to be some user intervention. Um, like, the, like the way that Hangouts, you know, if you start talking and you're muted, it'll say like, hey, by the way, you're muted. You should maybe click this button now. Yeah, I um, mean, it takes, it's going to take time. It's just going to mm -hmm. be, you know, algorithms and figuring things out and having user testing. Mm -hmm. I mean, have you used Discord at all? Because I think Discord is a great thing to look at to see both how they're doing the UI and the issues they're running into things like, I speak to talk because they have some major cutoff issues at the moment. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it is not good. So uh, the the best thing that you could do just for, you know, making people sound better in general and cutting off a lot of background noise is just implement a gate. Um, but I haven't seen one for the Web Audio API. And in fact, there's even some open issues that like they need to create a gate node or something. That you can and plug it, in, so. uh, I have not looked at much of the audio input at the moment. Is it is that even possible with the code as it is, or they would need to create that from scratch? That, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, like, yeah, I, I'm I'm not entirely sure. I think that right. that might make it easier, but it might actually be possible even without. Um, I mean, I can take look, a look into it. Yeah, I mean, like, if you just look at you know the, the UI that we have here for the bars and for noticing if somebody is talking or not, like that that uses essentially a very similar thing. So, um, yeah, and and I don't know. I mean, do we want to make these kind of user configurable a little bit, or like, how do we, you know, how do we want to do it? Do we want it to affect the local recording and all of that? So, that, those um, things will happen, I think, later on with experimentation. So probably maybe even mm -hmm. different versions. I think the greatest thing that this is just a web app make multiple versions, say mm -hmm. which one works the best for you guys. You don't even need an A-B test. Right, right. You'd like to say, we have this version and this version and this version. Uh, try them out and tell us which one worked for you. I think that's mm -hmm. a way to get consensus. Yeah, yeah. Especially if we add like settings UI, right? Like you can literally just enable and disable particular yeah. features and try them out. I mean, right. most features I, I don't feel like need a consensus necessarily between all of the peers on what feature they're using. A lot of them are just kind of on a per user basis. Mm. So. Yeah, but also like, I mean, any, like there's there's a lot of obvious UI work. Um, uh, I mean, like right now I'm recording and uh, it, it, you know, it has the, the kilobytes that I've downloaded from you and from me that I've uh, recorded locally. Um, but it, it never switches over to megabytes. It, it, like, it also like not... you are recording and now I can't record. Right. Well, that's, that's, yeah, that's on purpose, but <laughs> um, we, we want to lock that down. Um, also, it's not clear. Like one of the cool things about this feature is that um, 
it's actually taking a local recording of yours and sending it over the data channel. I'm not just recording like essentially your monitor um, because that has, that might downshift. It might cut out like it, the, the goal of the sort of web RTC, Hey, here's my real time audio is to try and stay up to date in real time and degrade quality if necessary. Um, and when we're recording stuff like this, like I really don't want that to happen. So um, yeah, I know multiple recordings at the same time would not be good, but I, I assume that at the end, there will be no place for me to download the recording. You can't download them, but I can. So you're already sending me your locally recorded audio, um, like in a data channel the entire time that we're talking. Mm -hmm. And then if when I hit stop, you'll you'll finish that out. Uh, the stream will finish out. And then I will have a, a download button for a zip file of all of the recorded uh, tracks individually. Um, and also each of the, the cards will have a download button for, for each one. Um, and there's a couple of things like... Uh, one of the reasons why I had us go into a room that was named something specific is that when I download the zip, it'll automatically use the yeah. name of the room. Um, also, like um, it's uh, it's content editable. Um, the the names of each person in the cards are content editable, so um, that will also relate to the track uh, names. Also, um, each individual track file name has a number in it, which is the number of millisecond delay that you have from when I started the recording. So that's nice if one of the, the people is a little bit delayed, but it's also really nice if somebody comes in five minutes after you start recording, um, because then it has this really big number that you want to offset from the start of the recording. So, yeah. That makes okay. sense. But I said, it'd yeah. still be nice for me to be able to easily get to that recording too. Mm -hmm. I mean, so y you want to have it for your own use, essentially, right? Uh, not this one, but it, like in future, it definitely, I think, more than one person will want it, and you might not always trust the other person to be sending it to you at a reasonable time. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah, the, so the, the initial version of this actually used WebTorrent, and it would just sort of like everybody would hold on to it locally and then put it out over WebTorrent, and everybody would have to stay online while it kind of down, like it sent to everybody. Um, but it ended up being, you know, really slow. Um, you would have to wait for the entire recording to send any data to anybody because that's how torrents work. Um, and it assumed that everybody wanted the recording, and most of the time it's just the person that hits the record button wants the recording. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, but I think at the very least we should have like... Um, you, you could have a button to download your own file. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, I definitely see the UI here needs to be much, like, this doesn't look like, it just looks like it's gray out. This needs to be very apparent that it's recording because you easily did not need to tell me you were recording and then I would not know I was being recorded. Oh my God, is that issues. Right, <laughs> right, right. Good call, good call. Like, this needs to be like blinking red and like very apparent. That's why they have the little red light on the camera. It needs to be unmissable. Right, right, right. Yeah, see, th those are like little patches that we could get in real quick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let me let me pull up the the code real quick. Um, yeah, go over the code with me because it, it it's a mm -hmm. lot. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, there's a lot of kind of stuff underneath the hood here. I mean, it's only 500 lines like of actual JavaScript for this, but um, there, there's a couple libraries that I'm using here that you might not be familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, so let's uh, let's start with um, okay. So line 27. Um, okay. There's the the record button constant. Um, so Bell um, is a library. It's a really cool library, but it basically um, you give it a. Uh, Why does strain. it have a little accent grab after Bell? Yeah, yeah. So so these are template literals. Um, this is a new ESX feature that's in pretty much all browsers now. Um, 
But uh, this is the new way to do strings that you have um, a lot better string interpolation features. Uh, and you also have this feature called temp template literals, um, template, or sorry, tagged template literals, which is literally um, if you put a function in front of the, the string, um, it passes in a bunch of parameters to that. Um, function. So what bell returns from this is actually a DOM node. So record button uh, constant, it, the record button constant is a real DOM node from bell. Um, if you move down to line 34, I'm doing the same thing, but with funky. Uh, mm -hmm. So, so funky is a, is a view engine that works pretty similarly. Um, the return value there is not a DOM node. It's a function that when you call it, will give you a DOM node. Um, and when you call it, all of those parameters are passed into any function inside of the template. So you'll see that this one just takes one parameter for the name that's inside of here. But if we had a bunch of you know variables that we wanted to change in here, we would either send like an option, like a an object, or we would just send multiple arguments or whatever, and that would get passed into every single function here. Oh, so okay. I see how you're doing it. It's at the <laughs> beginning and the end. It just look. It's really <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and like if you look at line 45, uh, there's like a a new style uh, uh, fat arrow function, right, uh, for the name. Yeah, no, that, and, um, that I'm aware of. Yeah, that makes right, sense right, right. to me. So, so the other thing to know about Funky, because we're not using it here yet, but I imagine as we move forward with the UI, we'll probably start using it more. Funky uses under the hood this library called YoYo. Um, so this DOM node has um, a function, like the, sorry, the DOM node that gets returned by a Funky view has a function on it called update. And if you call that again with different parameters, it will actually do inline updates um, effectively of the diff of whatever changes. Um, so that'll be really nice if, if you start changing states of DOM nodes and things like that. So, um, okay, cool. Um, line 54, so this class output, it, it, it is literally just a object that you can pipe different um, audio things to each other like add audio things together and, and send them out. It turns out to be much more difficult um, than it should be to do that. <laughs> um, you essentially have to wrap everything in a gain uh, node and it's just crazy. Um, so that's why th there's this this whole little class here. Um, it should probably eventually be its own module. Um, yeah. But I, I, I literally wrote it for this project so I haven't broken it out yet. Um, Okay, if we move to line 72, what is this? Okay, um, line 72 is, uh, this gets called whenever you drag and drop an audio file. Um, so you, you uh, actually, you should, you should try this out, it's super fun. But if you, if you take like an MP3 and drop it into the, into the thing right now, you can actually play it into the call um, on your side. <laughs> I see, do um, I have any MP3s? I know, all my shit's in the cloud now, man. <laughs> like, Say, uh, okay, uh, where do I drag it to? Oh, Just here drag we go. It in, okay, it's Big there. election season right now, huh? Boy, yeah. am I not <laughs> so, going to talk about any of that? <laughs> I'm going to talk about two other things. One. Okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, so that, that plays into your audio channel, and it also uh, gets, you know, recorded in your local audio recording for your And you can well. hear it too, I take it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I heard it on your side. If, if you notice, your your audio levels went up along with the track while you're yeah. playing it. Yeah. All right. I also am definitely seeing UI to remove it after you're done. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah. That would be a great patch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I mean, you can see here, like that. That my, like it's it's so raw. Like the the code here is so raw. It, it, like literally. So you know, I in this function for add audio file, like I, I created, and then I got to get the object URL and, and set that whole thing. 
Um, and then uh, connect audio is, is like, don't try to dig into that code. It, 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 that's the that's the code that does the canvas wave. Um, okay. That's code that I've been iterating on for like three or four months now. It, that's, it started as, that, as, just as like a, ignore, ignore completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Um, it's like uh, I mean, it's so hacked up. It started. Um, Mozilla has a demo that does something like this, and then I've been altering it for three or four months to to optimize it for audio calling. So it is it is no longer like in any way kind of mathematically correct for what the audio wave is. It's more correct in that like it shows you easily who is talking and who has what background. It's noise. really pretty. Yeah, yeah. No, no, and it, it makes it makes things distinguishable. Um, but it's it really hardcore audiophiles who do this kind of visual processing will probably like have been a little bit annoyed with how like quote unquote incorrect it is. Um, and but they, yeah, that's fine. Um, anyway, so after that though, like literally, like I just have functions for play and stop that are very raw. I'm I'm literally like adding and removing classes from the button and stuff like that. Like it's not. I'm not married to the style of anything. It was just literally the easiest way that I knew how to do it. Uh, I think it works well. It's mm -hmm. just like it needs mm -hmm. a way to easily remove it and make sure it like gets rid of all for everything, which mm -hmm. I might have yeah. issues with because that's a hard thing to like. I'm not going. To, I'm probably going to do the first is like, dude, you didn't clean up the audio. It's still there. It's just invisible. What are you doing? <laughs> like, how do you actually delete things from the streams, like for good? So, uh, actually, so you don't need to worry about that necessarily. So, okay. yeah. So what, what you get from the drag and drop API is a, uh, file object or a bunch of file objects and they're, um, blobs, which are, they're lazy loaded binary data. So they're not actually in memory yet. Um, okay. So, that's so removing what, that right. node will actually remove that node. Yep. Yep. Yeah, okay. yeah. Everything, everything that needs to get garbage collected will get garbage collected if you get rid of the node. Yeah. All right. Good to know. Um, Yep. Um, okay. The name thing is really interesting. What name thing? The ability to change. Well, I can change your name. You want? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You so want that, the So so th that whole system is actually there, there's an issue on GitHub about that right now, but it, it's it is surprisingly complicated to come up with like a good consensus system for what people's names are. <laughs> Um, in, in like a fully distributed system. Um, so what it really should be right is that um, if I said other people's names, I should share that around with everybody else so that they don't get the default. Um, but if any of those people set their own name, I should not be able to reset it. Mm -hmm. Unless I start recording and then I should be able to reset it um, because that is their locally recorded track name. Um, so there's just like, there, there's a lot of like stuff Edge to think cases. about. Yeah, yeah, edge cases. I mean, I made it content editable just so that, like, you know, each person could easily kind of keep them sorted, and so that um, as you change them, the locally recorded tracks have that information yeah. as well. That's a really interesting UI issue with trying to figure out the best way to illustrate the best content editable because mm -hmm. I wouldn't well, know yeah. that. I wouldn't honestly. Content editable is probably not the best solution for this. Like, it, there's it's very difficult to do good content editable UI. <laughs> um, and I mean, just things like when you start editing it and you hit return, like it doesn't set it, it, it drops into a new line. Like we don't want that. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's, there's a bunch of um, adjustments that need to be made there. I, I don't think that it should be a content editable element. It should probably be a, a much more sophisticated UI for, for setting. Um, but yeah, I just, I haven't gotten to that. So. In some ways it's the ease though. It's much better than having a setting for it. Cause you do want to just do it quickly. Same thing with mute sometimes with like, 
settings are great, but like if you bury it, it's hard to know where mm-hmm. to change it. Yeah, I mean, I think that like it should be editable there, but it should probably be like an edit button or like when I touch it, it turns into something else. I don't, I don't know if we should use div content editable necessarily. Um, right. That was just the most expedient way for me to take what was a display element and make you be able to set the change. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, th- there's there's an ongoing theme here, which is that like everything was implemented in the quickest way for me to write it. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's why your index JS files five lines long. Substack, yeah. Cr- Substack is crying tears. So many. Oh, tears. Sub- Substack has modules that are five hundred lines in one file. I'm not <laughs> like, I mean th- that's about the point at which you start breaking things off into other modules. Um, and there's definitely some of that that needs to happen in here. Like, output should be a reusable module. Um, uh i think that's really it though the rest of it's pretty specific to this app um but i mean yeah there's you know like this all of the code for connect audio and start loop and all of this code for the the canvas element should just be in its own file it's it's crazy um and um yeah i mean like most canvas code it's just like from another planet um so yeah looks like it's from yeah. ruby yeah, I mean, also, um, like you were asking how I reset the name um, of the of the the room. Like, I literally just edited the URL, but there's no UI anywhere to do that. There's no yeah. UI to like create a, a room named something. Um, all right, so, I'm definitely like, seeing things yeah. I can help uh, with. So, uh, where yeah, are you getting yeah. all your UI icons at the moment? Is there a place that you're comfortable using everything from? Yeah, so uh, Semantic UI has um, uh, a set of icons and classes that it. it it already keeps with it. Um, I'm trying to recall the name of it though. Here, let me see if I can pull this stuff up. Icon. Um, glyph? It's uh, okay. So semantic includes a complete port of uh, font awesome uh, 4.5.6. So here, I'll just send you. Oh, I don't have chat in here yet. So I guess I'll send it over yeah. Twitter DM. Well, how, do you wanna, how are you trying <laughs> to add in chat? Um, so. Okay, so um, I'll I'll get deep into this. So what I need to implement um, is essentially a good append-only data source um, for the room uh, mm-hmm. to replicate around. Um, th- there are some underlying primitives that I can that I can base that on. But um, one of the the real difficulties is that when you move from uh, a server-based environment to a peer-to-peer environment, you lose a centralized authority. So like when I would get a message over say a WebSocket connection for a chat room, I knew that if the server said that it was from this person, that it came from that person. They authenticated them, they decided that they were that person by some definition of that person. In a peer-to-peer network, I don't really have that. So um, the underlying swarm that we have um, that that I implemented called Killabees, it uses public keys for the ID of every peer. So that means that we can actually sign the messages um, with that public key. And it's a throwaway public-private key, so I'm not storing that anywhere and leaking it or whatever. Um, and uh, so we know that you know if a person puts a message into the network, we know that it came from that person because they signed it. And even if it replicates around from other peers, we still know that it was that person. Okay. Um, so I, I've just got to write that and then... Um, you, eventually there will be just be a very easy thing to hook into that says like, oh, text, a text message came out of, of the, this network. Go ahead and display it. Right? Okay, so there is one small problem where 
a person that says I'm photoverte one day might be somebody totally else ready to be photoverte the next day, but still, but still be sending all the messages for that room. So the thing about, so the rooms should be short lived. Um, that's, that's kind of one of the, the, the design principles is that rooms are, um, and swarms in general are, uh, temporary, uh, and scope to, you know, a particular call or a particular room. True. Right? It is, it's hard to, then people got to do the hard work authenticating who people are each time, which I can see being a good thing. Yeah. So not necessarily. So there, there's a couple things that you can do, um, for this app, because one of the goals is eventually to, to have like a lot of really good kind of privacy, privacy and anonymity features, um, probably won't add in any kind of centralized authentication authority. You could store your name though, right? Like we could store that information. Like I said that I'm Photoverte. Every time that I open up this app now, I will, you know, default to calling myself Photoverte. Um, and then, you know, you can, every time you join a swarm network, you'll write a message into the network that says, oh, you know, for this public key, I say that I'm Photoverte. So that, that helps with that. Yeah. Um, um, what are you doing about people who call themselves the same name, by the way? Uh, nothing right now. I mean, that's, that's sort of one of the constraints of a of a decentralized environment. I mean, I could you you could implement a service that said, um, "Hey, I have this new uh, public key. Uh, here's a message that I signed with that public key. Um, that I, I I want you to authenticate me as being from this particular email address, and then." when I get an email and click on it, they would essentially um, sign that key. And then I could use that, that signed key um, and even store that information to sign other keys with. Um, it's, it's a very kind of complicated thing. I was actually going thing. much simpler and just like, I don't want people to all be called Matt. Uh, the edible, I think that's an easy check. That name should not uh, conflict. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's not, that's not. I mean, that's honestly. You, you should probably just implement that in the UI rather. Uh, yeah, than uh, that's the something store, we definitely right? can. Yeah, like it's yeah, something yeah. we. It's something that should be done. Though. You want? Yeah, to be... yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Like, <laughs> like, 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 you, like, like. You're going down all like, this like very technical paths. Like, I was just talking about names not being the same. <laughs> right, Validation. Right. Like, if I'm setting my name, look at all the names that are in there and say, "Oh, you know what? There's already a Matt. Don't do that." Yes. <laughs> There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. That should definitely be in there. <laughs> Thanks for winding that back. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to see you. Like you have gone hard, hard into this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is one of uh, about six different kind of peer-to-peer -peer experiments that I've been doing over the last few months. Um, so there, there. I mean, I, I created one thing called Temp Room uh, where. It was just one room uh, that everybody joined and sent messages into, and you could even post like videos and and uh, images and stuff. But every message was encrypted to everybody that was in the room. Um, so literally everything was temporary. Like <laughs> as soon as you left, you got a new key. Um, and that was that was an interesting experiment, but it also showed me like that um, if you're encrypting messages like that, uh, it doesn't scale very well. <laughs> no. Once you've got like eight, once you've got like eight people in that room, it's. <laughs> takes a little while to post messages. Is there any so, way to inject into this page at the moment? What do you mean? Like put in scripts like that would uh uh good example. Any way that somebody could somehow uh put a script in that would make it so it didn't look like it was recording, but it is recording. Um I don't see any uh, any inputs mm, that would make that no. possible. No. Uh, so one of the reasons why you couldn't do that is that um, in order for me to start, okay, so 
Since, uh, we're, since you are very concerned about privacy, the, 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 there's 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 two answers to that question. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, one one is that um, as I get um, connections from you, I, I could probably write some client side code and inject it just into my browser that recorded the monitor. Um, and there's really, you know, once you connect to people, there's there's really no telling what they do with that source um, if they really want to hack up their browser to make changes. Um, for the actual recording feature in the app, though, um, the code that sets that UI element and disables the record button is the exact code that I have to call on your peer to get you to start recording and sending me that audio. Uh, so okay. to get the good audio and to do all of that, it actually needs to call that on your server. So I couldn't fake that out. No. All right. No, I mean, and you always see like record on iPhone, but it just be muddier. Like you can't actually protect people 100%. But it's good to think about stuff mm -hmm. that, I mean, you're going to get people who actually are going to want to keep their privacy and might be having conversations so they don't want recorded by anything. Right, right. I mean, the thing is, though, like if, if you know, if if I want to uh, put a hand recorder next to my headphones, exactly. like I'm going to get that, your audio, that, right? Yeah. Like, and, and that's that's essentially like the level that you're at once you're literally hacking up your own client to connect and, and do all of that stuff. Um, so yeah, but, but um, I do do a, a whole lot of work to make sure that intermediaries can't uh, connect to the network and get these streams with, without us knowing. Um, there is quite a bit of code to do that. Um, for instance, even doing the, the signal exchange to, to kind of get everybody connected, uh, those messages are encrypted um, because we, the identifiers are public keys so i can <laughs> you can easily kind of uh encrypt the the body of those messages so. yeah encryption yeah yeah <laughs> it's good stuff all right uh i think i have a decent understanding of everything but killer bees but that seems like that might take a long time yeah yeah and that's all, also probably one of the more it, it's shifted a lot I, I would say that roll call has has changed it's really just kind of incrementally got better over the last couple months but killabees has gone through like two whole rewrites pretty much so far um like just the, the the underlying principles of how it's architected have had to change um because it's hit various constraints um it's actually a lot simpler now but um it took a while to get there yeah well i definitely could just play around with this this weekend if you want to assign cool. me anything or make things higher issues for me to like not get I really want to do this. It's like, Matthew, that's the least useful thing to be doing right now. Why are you spending <laughs> all this time? I'm no, no, honestly, I, I think it's best if you just go after the things that are bugging you the most. Like if, if the, the recording not being super obvious is bugging you the most, like definitely dig into that. Um, if the mute button not being obviously the mute button oh, no, no, is bugging you, first. I would do that. that. Is going yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. going to talk to Leibaru and ask her like, okay, what's, yeah. what's her <laughs> pen for like how to make a button into like an image? Okay, thank you. And then I'm like, okay, this image this right. was done. Yay. Small wins. Yeah, to totally, totally. I mean, literally like at this point, if it's bugging you, it's probably bugging other people. So that's a good prioritization path. <laughs> All right. I'll also make sure that yeah. I sign myself the issue so that other people don't waste their time on it. Cool. Because I think yeah, you're yeah. going to get a lot of people working on this in the near future. How is yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to happen over this weekend though. So yeah. How is Friends doing? doing? Is Friends still a thing? Friends? Which The Slack clone. Uh, I don't know about that. Friends? The Electron that. app that Max was making is like two years old. So it's, oh, really? Yeah. You, you never... I, don't, I, haven't I haven't seen that at all. Huh. 
I didn't even, I haven't even messed with that. Here, I'm, I'm going to look it up on this GitHub now. Um, Max, I think it was, I think Max made it. Mm-hmm. It was an electron. It's called app. Friends. Okay, it's called Friends. I don't even see it on his main thing. I don't I wonder if he's even doing it anymore. Maybe, uh, I mean, it should still be around. Friendshaft? Okay, it's Moose Team. Moose Team? Yeah. I mean, okay, I mean, maybe it was Matt uh, Ferros who made it. He's on. Mm. But, uh, mm. I wonder if, yeah, I don't know anything about that. Honestly, you might be able to use some of this for your work. Oh, I see this now. Okay. This is distributed hash table stuff. Interesting. Okay, I know Matt Tonkin was definitely a part of it. I see his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthias did some stuff too, and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think does this. Oh, I think I did get invited to this, and it's using. Is this using like the secure scuttlebutt stuff by chance? It is. Oh, well, maybe not. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, this looks. This is cool. I had. I had totally. I remember seeing this when it first came out, and now. I, yeah, I haven't seen it since. All right, well, something to look That's, at. There are probably some things we can use, uh, retrofit for chat. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, we both are busy. I actually have to get to the gym to do my physiotherapy. Cool. Uh, but awesome. I'll let you know how things are going if I have any questions. Awesome. Awesome. Right. Great talking with you. Good talking.